Welcome to this fireside chat as part of our Freight Waves 3PL Summit. I'm Kaylee Nix, and today we're talking a little bit about the roles of 3PLs as voices and advocates to the industry. And in this fireside chat, I am honored and very excited to be joined by really the voice of the 3PLs themselves, Anne Ranke, President and CEO of the Transportation Intermediaries Association. And thank you so much for being with us for this fireside chat. Of course, you are very, very familiar face to our FreightWaves viewers, but it's great to have you as part of the summit. Thank you, Kaylee. I always enjoy talking to you and everyone at FreightWaves. Thanks for having me on today. Absolutely. So the TIA is absolutely instrumental in its role as being a voice to 3PLs and being that advocating voice when it comes to standing up in front of governments or lobbying for change. And today we want to talk a little bit about the roles of the 3PLs themselves for being their advocates in the industry. So before we get started too much, let's talk about the TIA at first and kind of where you guys sit in that role of advocacy. Sure. So we like to say we're in the center of the supply chain. So what that means is we're in the middle connecting the shipper with the carrier. And <clears throat> excuse me. And so what we have found is that we can best advocate for both, which on the shipper side, they need capacity and they don't want to have a transportation arm. By and large, they leave that to the transportation professionals. Unless they're very, very large, they really want to have their transportation done by those who understand it. And on the other hand, carriers, you know, we have 250,000 carriers that are under six trucks. They may not have connections to the shippers that we do. And so by being in the middle of that relationship, we can make that best outcome work and have the freight move efficiently. Absolutely. And so you guys are the voice for those three PLs, but it's really up to them themselves to advocate for themselves on a day-to-day basis, not a day-to-day operation between that carrier and that shipper relationship. So let's kind of take a historical view on this. How has the 3PL role changed in how they operate and why they operate and do the things that they do in relation to markets, whether that's in a very tight, hot market like we are seeing right now and from the last few years, or whether it's in a looser market? Sure. I think that they have naturally become more sophisticated, and they've also figured out that they can do one thing well, but that that requires multiple different things. So, so what does that mean? So, for example, that it may be that you have a phone and you can call up a carrier and you can call up a shipper, but that's not enough. In order to differentiate yourself in the business, you're going to have to invest in, say, visibility technology, transportation management systems where you can identify the best carriers and, and so that you're not just um, looking backwards, you're looking forwards. That means you also have to have relationships. And so if you become sort of a one-stop shop for that shipper, meaning not only are you connecting the transportation, but maybe you're connecting the warehousing, maybe you're also able to pay the carrier on the back end. So what that means is as the the process has become, as the, I'll, I'll do this again, As the industry has become bigger, and now I think there's about 24,000 registered brokers in the space, those that stand out are the ones that actually um, become more sophisticated and more innovative. Mm -hmm. 
And that quest to become more sophisticated and more innovative is difficult, right? There's not a road that's laid out that says, this is how you will succeed as a freight broker if you take this innovation step at this time, make these moves, make more calls. It's it's not really a one-size-fits-all equation. And sourcing out the ways to make those changes can be difficult, especially for a company that's trying to operate in its scope of business while trying to scale its growth at the same time. Can you touch on some of those challenges that 3PLs have faced in the more recent years if they do have those goals of growing as a company while still maintaining a high quality level of service that is expected by both the shippers they serve and the carriers that they connect? Sure. I mean, at a most basic level, finding talent is a considerable hurdle and a headwind. I mean, we're already, as you know, in a very tight labor market, but how do you find that talent, those who will grow with the company, those that you can promote from within and ultimately become part of the executive leadership team? That is a challenge that our our broker members talk to us about all the time. And then from the investment in technology, you know, there are plenty of technology companies out there but how do you know that this one will actually make a difference? So part of that is, you know, our role at TIA is, is networking education um, and, and having an assemblage of those folks who have been in the industry and understand the industry and can tell you what to do, what not to do, because they've learned lessons from the past. So that you're not just calling up, you know, Johnny PC, you're actually talking to people who have been around who can be relied on and trusted and also have that growth mindset that you really, really need. You know, obviously we always have regulatory challenges that we can touch on, but from a most basic level is how do you grow the company? How do you make it successful? And then I think finally is, can you establish a niche for yourself that makes you different from others? Is it, do you invest in oversized, overdimensional freight? Do you invest in becoming Um, a government freight broker? Do you invest in, you know, international trade? What is it that you think could set you apart? And then what are the tools that you need to get there? And being a broker is really, really difficult. And I feel freight brokerage is something that is a completely different game in the sales world than just any other sales job, right? It's not just making cold calls and finding leads and all of that. It's dealing with people who maybe had a stressful day or dealing with someone who just had a car accident that affects their livelihoods. And you have all of these different factors that are impacting the business that you're doing on a day-to-day basis that regular salespeople don't necessarily have to deal with. If you had some advice to give to brokers who are entering the space, maybe they're brand new to the brokerage, maybe they've been in sales for a while but are just new into freight, what would you, kind of advice would you give them as far as that education standpoint? What should they learn most importantly to make them successful? Sure. I mean, obviously, look, it's easy for me to say join the TIA. So I would say any <laughs> to any new broker in the, in the industry, join the TIA. But one of the things that we teach at the TIA is, look, it's more than a phone. It's being a person of your word, making sure you retain, sustain, maintain relationships. It's also what tools you can use. What are the model contracts that you need to make sure that you are protecting yourself and your business? I was just with a member in Miami on Friday, and what stood out to me is he said, here's how I make my relationships long-lasting. I go out and visit them. I see their place of business. I try to understand what they are wanting to achieve. And so I can be nimble with them. I don't just offer one solution set. 
I work with them to say, well, if that solution set doesn't work, we're going to move it to someplace else. And that's really to have that long lasting um, success in the industry, not only, you know, doing the, the basics of understanding what the contracts are, et cetera, but it's really having that that ethical understanding that you work for your customer, you work for your your clients, and you are committed to making it work for them. So when it comes to opening a brokerage these days or jumping into the freight space, it seems like it's it's kind of a popular industry right now because there's a lot of money to be made in freight currently in a market like this. And a lot of people can see the success that brokers are having and say, I want a piece of that too. And when you get folks that jump into the industry for the money and not necessarily with the thought of, okay, I'm going to build my relationships, sustain the partnerships that I'm making, and then use that influence to advocate for better change. Then you end up with some stuff like the double brokering things that we've got going on with the illegal dispatching issues that we're seeing trying to be combated by government intervention. And that can add a lot of stress to 3PLs themselves and the business that the company is doing, but also to a broker's individual day-to-day operations. How would you recommend that 3PLs as companies go about handling some of those challenges that come from people being able to enter the industry with such ease, even though they may not be entering with a reputation and it might not be a direct challenge to their business. I mean, Kaylee, you're absolutely right. There are low barriers to entry to get into the brokerage industry and get into our space. But that doesn't mean that it isn't challenging. And certainly what we are always concerned about is bad actors who skirt their their obligations and their responsibilities both from an ethical perspective and from a legal perspective. So you you hit on dis, illegal dispatching and double brokering. So, you know, one of the great things of our association, one of the kind of four-legged stools, one of that leg is, is advocacy. And we have been advocating for years, A, that this consumer complaint database that's run out of DOT, the agency is the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, that it actually get beefed up, that people respond and that there is some level of enforcement out of that. Now, we have used that consumer database to report issues of double brokering. Those folks who do not have the right to broker the load and yet are brokering somebody else's load. And that is against the law. We know that that was established in MAP 21. They cannot do that. But if there's no enforcement, what? why, why would they be deterred? And so fortunately, this last infrastructure bill that passed, it is it is requiring the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration to beef that up, to make that database a viable source of complaints and then enforcement. And illegal dispatch, another outcome of that infrastructure bill is what is the guidance on illegal dispatch? So what we think of it is from the broker's perspective is someone who is operating without that broker authority and financial security who is brokering freight. But there is an argument to be made that there could be a bona fide agent who's operating under his or her, his or her broker's authority. So what we need is clarity on when that distinction can be made. Our our thought is if they are brokering without authority that is and, and they are truly a dispatcher, then that is illegal. 
So a lot of that enforcement relies on government language to succinctly put together what is legal and what isn't legal. But also a lot of it requires those three PLs to stand up for themselves and say, hey, this loan got snatched out of me by who what I think is an illegal broker, and then to report it to that database and to make it known that they're losing freight and losing business to people who could be operating without the legal legal grounds to do so. So can you touch a little bit about on the responsibility of a 3PL themselves or even just as an individual broker to make sure that those things are being recorded and how that is really, really important and maybe even a place where you could use a little bit more help and 3PLs could be a little bit more active in their advocacy when it comes to determining that thing. Sure. And you're exactly right. This relies on the government to do something about it, right? The, it relies on the 3PL to report it to a government database and the government to do something about it. But what we have found too is we also have private solutions through, you know, there are any number of, of watchdog or um, fraud databases out there. We ourselves, TIA runs Watchdog, which provides a forum for those reporting on those kinds of issues such as double brokering, or other complaints about carriers or those who are not members that allows people to be mindful of when they are making a selection of a broker or a carrier, that they be mindful of what that is. So if you join TIA, you want to see what, what's on there on Watchdog, you're going to make a selection. This is a helpful tool. Um, you know, there are other databases out there that do things that are similar. But yes, it's incumbent on us to hold ourselves accountable, hold our members accountable, to make ethical complaints if we have to. You know, no one wants to report on another member. That's not what we want to do. But we also want to make sure that we represent the best of the business. And I think we do. You know, we have 1,800, I think, of the best brokers out there of the 24,000 that are out there. But we want to make sure that that's a daily obligation. That's not something that we have to stop or that we turn the other way from. So you mentioned 1,800 out of 24,000. That is such a slim percentage of folks that are involved with the TIA. And I want to know if there's, if you know of anything that holds people back from membership or if you think that there's a way to streamline membership into the TIA or streamline encouragement membership, that would be, to really get people to understand that this is, you guys are a group that is that middle mile advocate for the folks that are the intermediaries. And you say, we can help and you're just another helping arm. Why Why would there be hesitancy? To I don't know. TIA? I couldn't understand why there would be hesitancy to join the TIA. <laughs> I, I will say, though, that there are people who, per, let's just say they're starting out, and they're so overwhelmed with what they have to do that they don't understand what they need to do. And several of our members have said it best that they want to partner with a TIA member because a TIA member means they're going to grow and they're going to get better and they're going to get sophisticated, mm -hmm. even more sophisticated, and they're going to buy more from that other member, right? So it's it's a win-win and it's a, it's a solution. But there are many people who out there who, because certainly right now, the amount of freight that's hitting them, they feel like they don't need to. We would argue if you want right. to perfect yourself and have a long-lasting business, then you should join the TAA. Now, not everyone also wants to be long-lasting. You've seen it, Kaylee. There's plenty of, of uh, fluctuation, let's call it, fluidity in the marketplace. There are plenty of firms that are being bought up or being sold or what have you. But we would just say that if you want to be a broker with a good established name that has a long-lasting um, success, then you should join the TIA. Because we have some of the biggest and we have some of the smallest and we have everything in between. 
So it sounds like there's a place for everybody with you guys. And let's finish this off by looking a little bit towards the future. Obviously, we know that freight is cyclical and it comes in ups and downs and it comes in swings. And it feels like we've been on this uptrend, this hot market now for a hot minute. And we, we, you know, we're looking at instability in our world economy and everybody's kind of wondering, okay, what's going to happen next? What do you guys see as the biggest challenge coming forward to the intermediaries as a whole, the in, that sector of the industry specifically as a whole? And is there anything that members or non-members even could do to prepare Sure. I mean, God knows every day there is a new headline. So yes, we're absolutely in uncertain times. You know, the last 17 quarters, we have seen freight like we've never seen it before. The elevated volumes that that sustained level. Um, So one of the things that you and I have talked about is when it comes back down to earth, which it is the last five weeks, we have seen year over year that our volumes are actually lower. Now there's still tightness in the market and there's still low capacity and there's still plenty of demand, but year over year, it is falling. When it comes back down to earth, there may be people who panic or try to get out of the marketplace or determine that um, they need to sell everything. So we've been telling people not to panic. I think one of the things too for the future that we have to be mindful of is there is a temptation to have digitization of freight. We're all in support of digitization Mm -hmm. of freight but it has to be accompanied by a commitment to relationships. This is a relationship sport and a relationship industry. Again, we need innovation. We need our members to stay current and get even get better than yesterday. But we don't need them to forget the people side of the business, and that is critical. So, you know, I'm not afraid of, of digitization. I'm not afraid of technological advances. We should embrace them, but we should also make sure that our commitment to people stands true. So staying with that commitment to people, we're looking ahead about three weeks. You guys have your annual meeting coming up. If folks are interested in maybe attending the annual meeting and getting into that membership with the TIA, can you give us just a sure. little bit of details about that? Sure. So this is our that first annual meeting. meeting that we've had in two, no, three years. Good Lord, since uh, <laughs> uh, 2019. And um, I have been saying to everyone, get out of your pajamas, stop staring at your Zoom phone screens, and come out and join real people again. So I mentioned before that we offer this networking opportunity. And so we have incredible speakers that are out there to talk to you about things, lessons they've learned or trends that we should be anticipating. And so, you know, we're expecting between anywhere between 1,000 and 1,200 people, those folks that are committed Mm -hmm. to getting better, to scaling upwards to improving themselves, to getting more engagement from their customers. So don't you want to be surrounded by those people? If you want to get better and have more success in your job, I think that's what you would want to do. We have legal trends. We have a session on automated trucking. Um, Gosh, that is a whole other issue we could spend the next 20 minutes talking about is what does that look like for the broker? Um, what where what should our position be on automated trucking? We don't yet have one. We just know we want safety is you know job priority one. Um, so we have any number of things that would help help you grow commercially, make you mindful of legal risks, and then just be you know knowledgeable about all the folks who have been out there who've gone through a whole slew of things and have recommendations for you or or lessons learned. Absolutely. And it's going to be an exciting time to see. I'm hoping that I can join you guys (laughs) as well in sunny San Diego. It would be great. 
And thank you so much for participating in our 3PL Summit today. If people want to get in contact with you guys at the TIA, where can they go to do that? Sure. Ranky at tianet.org is my email. And then tianet.org is our website. Great. And thank you again. We'll see your face on Freight Waves now on a weekly or monthly basis. That is. Thank you, Kaylee. And hope to see you in San Diego. All right. That does it for this fireside chat. Make sure that you are staying active in our live chat on our live.freightwaves.com platform. Make sure that you guys are networking with all the other amazing groups and folks that are joined on this 3PL summit and interacting with our exciting sponsors for this summit as well. We've got tons more content. You can catch any replays of this on demand on tv.freightwaves.com and enjoy the rest of the summit.